Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Women's Fashion. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. How are you? I am doing very well. I got my cozy pants on. You got uh, me too. Yeah, I love. I love when we're recording recording in our cozy pants. I have my cup of tea. I've actually already done my nighttime skin routine. Shouts to Ade. So you are on top of it. I am so on top of it. Well, mostly it's so that as soon as we're done recording, I can climb in bed and watch Great British Bake Off. You're. It's very smart. Priorities. <laughs> I have not done my facial routine because we've been dealing with uh, pulling teeth out of children's faces today. So, Oh, no. The joy never ends. Uh, Did you know that they lose teeth when they're almost 12? I, oh, you know what? I was probably pretty close to 12 when I lost some of my last teeth or actually had to have them yanked out of my head because they were impacted. But, oh, Lordy. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good time. It's That's fine. Great. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this week uh, we have a special guest. Our guest is someone that I've wanted to have on ever since we talked about recording a podcast. Uh, Kimberly Monahan is a badass business babe who has made a career in fashion and has even started her own eco-conscious thrifted styling company. Welcome, Kim. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here. We're so excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into fashion. So I always wanted to study fashion. Like I was one of those kids that would draw like little doodles of dresses and things um, when I was supposed to be doing math. And (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I always loved it because I loved that you could put on clothes and feel confident and like feel amazing about yourself and I I just love that they're just like such an accessible way for people to feel great so I got into fashion um, studied at a UW style a tiny small or tiny little school in Wisconsin and um, I worked for Target for almost 14 years which I love working for Target because I saw my stuff everywhere um it was just, I, I mean, you guys probably have stuff that I've designed, which I love. That's a real confidence booster. Right? <laughs> um, and so, like, my last year, I was just looking for some inspiration. And so I started working with some people on the side to kind of have a more personal approach to, like, how do I help people feel really confident in their clothes? Because it's one thing to make clothes, but you're not there really helping them feel amazing. So I started kind of personal styling on the side and I had to turn away clients and I was like, maybe this is a thing. So I built the wardrobe refinery and I wanted to build a company that felt good from every angle. So I focused on secondhand clothes um, because I felt like those would be like more affordable and accessible for a lot of people. Um, And it's good for the environment. So I love that there's no carbon footprint and we give a dollar from every purchase to the bridge for youth. And um, that's an organization that's fighting teen homelessness here in the Twin Cities where I live. And my company only has one rule, which is you can only buy it if you love it, because we all have enough things in our closets that we don't love. And the point is to leave an appointment feeling amazing. That is, I really want to come up and (laughs) pay you a visit now, because that is awesome. 
I would love to have you. <laughs> that's so cool. I always think that's when we, we always go to the store being like, I have to buy something. And you just walk out of the store with like, well, I bought clothes, but they're okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> it'll serve yeah. me for this one thing that I need to do, but it ends up like in the back of your closet and you never wear it again. So that is such a great thing to be spreading out for the people that like you should, first of all, stop buying things when you don't need to buy things, but buy the things that you really want to love. Absolutely. Well, and the other side of my business, I also do closet cleanouts because like people don't realize like when you look at all these little things in your closets, they're like these little micro judgments that you don't even realize that you're absorbing every day. And like the the thing that almost everyone says when I get done with the closet cleanout is I had no idea this would feel so good. Because once those little judgments are gone of like things that are hanging in your closet, you're like, I only wore it the one time, I don't feel good in it, or it reminds me of that weird date or like whatever it is. Once it's gone, it feels so good. And then you're left with just the things you love. As soon as you said that, I just like made a weird exclamation with my tea in my mouth. I'm sure Megan was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was that was me going, oh my God, I need that. <laughs> well, I feel so, like I could probably make a special trip down to you guys. So. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. We do have lots of really great thrift store. Well, so Steffi lives in Illinois, but she could come here and we could just do a one big massive swoop session absolutely could happen we do have a lot of thrift stores here and i feel like i don't really get um to utilize them that much because they're really overwhelming but with an expert at my side i would feel so much more confident i also find them overwhelming so you don't have to answer this right now but maybe you could give us some tips for like how to find great thrifted items before we finish this episode oh yeah let's do it yeah we'll circle back okay Um, So we do have a bunch of questions that we wrote down in advance because uh, women's fashion is such a topic. Like we've already gone off on this crazy tangent without even diving into (laughs) anything yet. But first of all, I want to start with the big question, elephant in the room sort of thing. Men's clothing sizes are pretty straightforward, especially when it comes to pants and dress shirts. All this is sized by measurements, but women's clothing is sized all over the map and they vary from store to store they vary from brand to brand and even like a pair of jeans from old navy that are the same size and the same cut might fit differently because they're in a different dye batch so what the hell (laughs) (laughs) so there's two different things that are going on here which of course that makes it extra super complicated um so the first is that um we do, as women, have a greater shape variation in how we carry our weight. And so we really are very different than men and our clothes are tighter and fit closer to the body. So there's a little bit more ease for men to be able to be like, oh yeah, I suppose I'm kind of a large or whatever. Whereas our clothes are so different. And you know, what's interesting, and I talk to a lot of my clients about this, is um, bodies, like literally like like fingerprints like no two bodies are the same like even twins have like variation but we when we design clothes we design them to be mass produced so every single medium of a certain shirt is the same and and so on and so on and so it's really important that you find brands that 
fit and you're not looking at the numbers, but that's really annoying when you're shopping because you don't want to like try on a bajillion things, right? Like yeah. it takes all day and it's exhausting. Um, but you know, it's really hard because every single brand is different. And then also there's this psychological marketing factor, which is people vanity size or brands vanity size because they are like, well, we don't want people to feel like bad that they're a particular size because we've all been marketed to that we should fit into like a certain thing and look a certain way. So we're going to like eke our sizes up and then create like double zeros and like triple zeros, mm-hmm. which is like <laughs> ridiculous. That's How could that fake, be a thing? Fake news, How could yeah. there be more right? than one zero? That right? <laughs> like three of nothing. It's just like so ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's all marketing. And so you have this mix of like, people trying to market, but they're all marketing in their own slightly different way because they're making it up. And then, yeah, and then like the shape variation. And so just know that when clothes don't fit you, it's not you, it's the clothes. The vanity sizing I have been aware of for a really long time because my mom was a seamstress and she used to rant about vanity sizing all the time. (laughs) And it drives me crazy. I mean, I think that Uh, And I mean, I noticed it when I bought my wedding dress five years ago, like I, you know, I'm one size, but wedding dresses tend to not be, at least from what I have seen, tend to not be vanity sized, like uh, the just everyday clothing. And so then you go and you buy your wedding dress and you're like, four sizes bigger and you're like what the hell (laughs) no that's actually not you that's actually the real size but vanity sizing drives me insane it's horrible especially like it's I know it's meant to make you feel better but then on the other hand if you stop and look at it like I have consistently worn a medium t-shirt like my entire adult life and I am at least 30 pounds more than I was when I first started wearing an adult size medium so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's there's no way that's possible. Yeah. Um you had mentioned in your notes that um you could find a brand that uses a model that's close to your sizing to help you figure out which clothes would actually work best for you. And how do you go about finding that brand or figuring out what models they're using for their clothes? Well, there's no way to really know what models are using their clothes and I will also say like fit models fall out of tolerance. So let's talk about like like the fit model is supposed to be, a, to be the epitome of like, this is the perfect, like fits perfectly in all the clothes we design. And even they, it's like, oh, well, they're an inch shorter than we want. Or they're, you know, they're like hip is an inch bigger than we'd like it to be. Like even fit models don't fit perfectly. Sure. Um, but you have to, you have to play, you have to try on a lot of things. And that's why, you know, what's good about brands like mine is like, you can be in one place and try on a ton of different things. And so like if, if you can ever even like go to Nordstrom, like they're, they have like the most helpful people and they will pull a ton of things for you and you don't have to lift a finger. I like that. Right. And you can just <laughs> go and just, you, but you just have to try things on and be like, oh, okay. Consistently this brand fits me really well. And then you'll be able to, you know, play a little bit more within that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say. It's really interesting the way that, um, that brands decide their sizing too. Cause either they have, like a particular fit model and they grade based on that. Or there's also these huge national studies where people will pay you to have your body scanned in this crazy machine. 
And then they like take an average of all of those measurements and make a dress form out of that. And then that's what they base all the sizes on. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is one of the more absurd things I've heard lately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So, I mean, I know that obviously you can get your clothes tailored, um, But I feel like sometimes it's hard to know, like, do you have a rule, like a personal rule for when it's worth getting something altered or tailored to like fit you? Um, Either in terms of like, I don't know, because I feel like there's, if you're, if you're getting like a, obviously a wedding dress or a really nice, you know, suit or, uh, you know, something like that, obviously you're going to get it tailored, but if you're just buying a pair of like everyday jeans, is that worth getting those altered? Like, I don't know. My rule is if you love it, it's worth it. So whether the dress costs you $5 or like $500 or $5,000, if you love it, then it's worth having it tailored so that you feel your absolute best in it. Okay. I'm all for that answer. I like that. That's a very easy answer. It is a very easy answer. I'm also very terrible because I have many clothes that I need to get tailored and I am too lazy to take them to the place to get them altered. (laughs) Very sad. Because then I have things in my closet that make me sad. Yeah. Which is exactly what we don't want to have. Yes. It's too bad. You should ask that for Christmas or something. Be like, hey. Send them to you to get altered. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I, yeah, yeah, like I just need to, I just need to do it. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be our, that'll be our homework for this episode, Megan. Yes, get our clothes get altered. Clothes altered. Yes. Yeah. Pick, that's pick true. something that we love that needs to be altered and make it happen. Yes. Well, I yeah. I mean, I being the height that I am, many things are too long, so quite a few items. You have a lot to pick from. I do. <laughs> it's, it's very tragic. I'm not very proportional, so there's certain areas that need fixing that's so hard. it is hard it's hard Wait, are you talking about your body or the clothes uh, i'm talking about my body i'm sorry no your body is perfect the way that it is it is but it's the clothes her before it's the clothes sorry it's the clothes <laughs> that don't fit my body but yes it's the way clothes are made they're not they don't fit the proportions of my body it's what i was trying to say yeah very badly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the clothing industry could do a better job of um, catering to the variety of body types that us ladies have, for sure. Yeah. I will say, I was just in London, and I got two pairs of pants there, and they are the best-fitting pants that I probably have ever bought. They're exactly the right length. They fit amazing. I don't know what they're doing over there. But I want to buy all my pants in London now. Darn, you have to go to London. Shoot. (laughs) What a disappointment. It could have been luck. I don't know. But I was was just really amazed. Uh, So to kind of uh, go off of the man versus woman thing a little bit more, why has it taken designers so long to give women functioning pockets? The patriarchy. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it, but like, but apparently no, but like, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 
back in the day when they invented pockets, it was like, don't give ladies pockets or they can run away. Uh, when i when i put on something with good pockets that is the first thing i think of i should run away i can put the things in it to get out of the situation but honestly i mean you know if you if you can't put as many things on your person it is you know it is harder for you to it's true yeah um and now it's i feel like more about the male gaze is like everything has to be tight and close to the body and so functional pockets have been really tough and i think it's just recently that people are finally building appropriate pockets into women's clothes and my favorite thing to tell a client when they put on a dress and they feel amazing and i'm like it has pockets and then they get really excited (laughs) it's my favorite thing when i buy a dress Yes. So you're like, this dress, oh, that dress is so cute. And the response is, thank you, it has pockets. Right. And I can I can put more than like a soft lips chapstick in it. Mm-hmm. Like those super skinny ones that, yeah. Yes. Those are the worst pockets. Yeah. My, my favorite, least favorite thing is when I encounter like little, like literally baby clothes that like are hoodies or whatever. And they have pockets and I like functioning pockets I'm like right what is this three-month-old putting in this pocket that is larger than my pocket in my jeans but I will say like a lot of like baby boy clothes will have pockets but again like baby girl clothes don't it's fucking a lot of the time or they'll be like little tiny pockets again for little girls Baby girls want to put little rocks in their pockets just as much as little boys do. It's ridiculous. They definitely do. (laughs) I mean, either way, they all give their rocks to me to carry. So, like, let's be real about that. Either way, you are the one that needs the bigger pocket. (laughs) (laughs) I think I literally found rocks in my pocket the other day. Oh, kids are the best. I uh, no longer have to carry rocks in my pockets, but I usually have random stuff in my purse now. So oh, okay. I guess because it wouldn't fit in my pockets. It's too large. But So now you have to carry a bigger purse. So Kim, just prepare yourself. You're going to graduate from needing good pockets to needing a bigger handbag. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did. I do remember having a conversation once with uh, with a man, and we were talking about, you know, like he's like you know can we take the pockets off of this and I remember the like the death glare and then I like I had to like pull it back and I was like no women have been robbed of functional pockets so much we are absolutely not taking pockets out of this and like and he backed away slowly I feel like (laughs) oh this is okay he didn't realize he'd hit a hot button issue for you (laughs) But it is. It's so important that we give women functional pockets. We have a coworker who, um, on a work trip a couple months ago, was talking about he had, I guess, whatever he was wearing had smaller than usual pockets, and he was complaining about it and how he couldn't fit anything in the pockets. And we were all like, "Now you know what it's like to be a like, woman." Let us like, play you the world's tiniest violin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now you'll understand. You carry the satchel. Yes, Yes. (laughs) exactly, exactly. So you are running your own personal styling business, as you said, the Wardrobe Refinery, uh, which is focused on secondhand clothing. Do you think that people are starting to fight back against the fast fashion industry in general? Yeah, they are, but it's a really slow process because it's a fight between like cost and convenience right Mm -hmm. now 
And, you know, fast fashion is just, it's convenient and it's cheap and it solves your problem in the short term. Mm -hmm. And when you think about slower fashion, you really have to think about it and like take care of your clothes, get them altered, make sure you're caring for them properly. Um, And they're an investment. Um, There is a really interesting annual report if you um, ever get a chance to read it on ThreadUp if you ever shop there. Um, they talk a lot about the resale market and where it's going and like who's buying. And it, it is growing at 21 times the rate of the um, regular retailer market, which is really wow. exciting. So people are definitely thinking about shopping secondhand and supporting other brands. But that said, like we still consume way, way more clothes than we did in the 80s and for sure like the 1900s. Like as we go, we're yeah. just like consuming and consuming. And that consumption isn't slowing down. Um, but I do think people like Marie Kondo have brought to that forefront, like a way of thinking about things differently, like not just like your clothes, but everything. And like, do we really need all this stuff that we have? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I was reading the statistic that um, on average, we buy 64 new garments a year. <gasps> so that means at my age, I have probably purchased, and I'm a fashion person, so let's be real, this is conservative. I've purchased like 2,500 garments in my lifetime. Oh my gosh. Right? Like, do I really need all that? Like, where am I wearing all that? Uh, and like, can, right, like, is most of that, are you wearing it more than once? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like, when you think about where it goes, like, Right now, um, a lot of times if you donate to places like Goodwill, they do, um, you know, try to recycle the garments and they become um, things like insulation. But we can't, right now there isn't a really great technology for recycling um, like the fibers and a lot of garments are now mixed fiber. So you'll mix like polyester with cotton and you just can't like pull those apart and recycle it. So like all of our recycled poly that we're using to make clothes actually comes from pop bottles, not clothes. Like your clothes aren't being recycled to make other clothes. Interesting. Um, yeah. So if you think about like, okay, my 2000 garments plus everybody else's, like, where's that going? You know, like it, right. a lot of it's going to a landfill. That is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people think that when they are donating their clothing, they're like, oh, it's going to go to, you know, third world countries where they don't have clothes, but they don't need it. Like, there's so much clothing being sent there from the United States that that's really is like it just gets sent back to a landfill. Right. And a lot of countries have actually now cut off the United States from being able to send garments over. Yeah. And so now we're trying to figure out now what do we do with it? Um, You know, I actually worked in the back of a secondhand store while I was getting my business up and running. um, And I will say, like less than half the stuff actually makes it out to the floor because a lot of it just isn't it has holes in it it has stains and it's just not the kind of stuff that you want to be selling to people and so that stuff then goes to be picked through to potentially be recycled or sent somewhere but we're running out of places to send it all and so we really have to start thinking about how we consume differently but we're trained from a really young age to consume that way like most magazines are only 40 percent content they're 60 percent advertising yeah, and if yeah. you're getting like, you know, like the September issue is like 85% advertising probably. It's just, I think a lot of it too, probably the past five years especially has a lot to do with 
um, you know, Instagram, social media, where there's even more like fashion influencers and just trends and trends and trends and trends. And you just really push to always have the next biggest thing, no matter what your industry is. But I mean, fashion is definitely one of those that is really up there, especially with these platforms that are really based on how you're presented. Absolutely. Well, and you know, part of my like personal styling business, people will sometimes ask like, what is the, what's in right now? And what I tell it is like, I am trying to focus on style mm-hmm. because each person is unique. And yeah, like things come in and out and like maybe midi skirts are in and that's like your perfect length. So maybe you should buy a few because they're on sale right now. But I, I try not to focus on the fashion because that pushes, pushes that consumption. Whereas mm-hmm. I just want people to feel great in their clothes and be really thoughtful about the clothes that they put on their body and feel good. You Which know? is exactly Tan France's philosophy on Queer Eye. Who I adore. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, love him. So, okay, so you, you know, you, you just talked about, um, like, this, like, people donate their clothes and they think they're going to, like, one place and they're not. But, um, you know, let's say that you have some clothing and, you know, it's good stuff, it's nice stuff, but you, it just doesn't fit you anymore. Or you change jobs and you just don't need as many, you know, business casual items or whatever that might be. Like, what do you have any recommendations for what what we should be doing with that clothing? Like where we should be taking it? So my first recommendation, because it's fun, is to have a clothing swap with your ladies. Um, just because it's a great excuse to all get together and to potentially get some new clothes for yourself that somebody else like doesn't want anymore, but then you feel really good about where it's going, you know, like, cause you see your friend super excited about, you know, this jacket or pant or whatever it is. And you like, your heart feels good cause you see it happening and you like get to connect. Um, my second recommendation is to consign and, um, potentially get, some money back for that if you have the energy or the time to do that and then I would say um, donate to an organization that you feel good about because it does still like if it's really good stuff it still goes out on the floor and if it's not good stuff like so they do try to recycle it so it will get used awesome those are great the idea of doing a clothing swap that does sound really fun I have done them before and it's it is it can get really crazy um especially if you have if you're in a group of people that like don't care about being naked (laughs) with strangers that's every group I've ever no (laughs) (laughs) it's usually just like clothes flying everywhere with naked women all over and you're like um did we shut the blinds in the house uh someone will walk in with like later on they'll come in halfway through and there'll be all these people like half dressed and it's pretty fun funny yeah yeah, I, so I have this little studio in Northeast Minneapolis and every, like, well, not every appointment, but many appointments. People were like, are you okay that I'm just like walking around in my bra? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of bras and underwear. It's right. fine. It's fine. It's fine. So since we're already talking about um, secondhand clothing, let's give us some of your best tips for thrifting. Like when you walk in a thrift store, how do I pick out the good stuff? Mm. so I would say one like be open because we were just talking about like sizes basically don't matter (laughs) so 
even though you're a medium, like look in the small, look in the large, because one, things get mixed up and two, you like never know what you're going to find. Um, I kind of, so there, there's a couple of different stores I go to. One I go to and it's organized by color, which I love because you can go right to the colors that really speak to you mm-hmm. and start there. So I love when stores are organized that way. Um, but also I kind of have like a feeling method where I like, I kind of look at it, but I mostly feel it cause you can feel the quality of fabrics and how things are put together Yeah. as you're going. And it's kind of a quick way to be like, nope, nope, nope. Like I can feel how cheap this is. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you touch something. You're like, Ooh, what are you? Yeah. Um, and so I kind of use that method of like finding quality things. I would say when you find things you love, just like. Look at the seams, look at the inside, look at the back, because the worst thing that happens with thrifting is you get it home and it has like a huge tear in it or a stain that you didn't notice. And you're like, no. Yeah. So always check, like check the cuffs, check the inside neck, check the back and make sure, like check all the inside seams. Like I bought something for a client the other day and it was, I didn't even, I don't know how I missed this. It was duct taped on the inside. Oh my God. I was like, what? But they had like cut it really small, so I had no idea. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So just like check those things and try a bunch of things on. Have fun and play with it. I feel like that's when you should like go with a girlfriend and just make an afternoon of it. Absolutely. And also like most thrift stores are really open about when their sales are. And so um like Goodwill has a, I think it's on like Tuesdays, they have a tag sale where a certain mm-hmm. tag is 75% off. And so it's great to take advantage of, of those things too. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, um, like, are there pieces that you tend to look for the most when you're out and about in thrift stores? Or are you just sort of always open to whatever you might see that catches your eye? Ooh. I always go with a list, so I it helps to focus me. Okay. Um, but I'm always open to what crosses my path outside of that list. Nice. Yeah. So it's kind of a like I, I have some focus. I'm like, okay, I'm looking today. I'm looking for jackets and pants or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I also let my eye wander just a little bit because you never know what you're going to run into. I think it helps to have a list, especially at a thrift store, because sometimes it's such a crazy mishmash and it's so easy to like look at everything and be like, oh my God, it's just all like a pile of polyester and I will never find anything. But if you like know what you're looking for, it definitely helps. That's how I found my jean jacket because I was like, I'm looking for a jean jacket. I can ignore all this crazy stuff and go right to that, look through all of those. And then maybe I'll also find something along the way. Absolutely. Well, and also, like, if you don't want to go out there, and I swear ThreadUp didn't, like, pay me for this, but <laughs> if you, like, go on ThreadUp, what's great is you can be like, like, okay, I'm going to a wedding. I need a black dress in this length with this sleeve and in this size, and it'll pop up with all of your options, and you can just have it delivered, try them on, and whatever doesn't fit, you can send it back. That I do like when things are delivered to my house. Yes, that is... <laughs> I do like free returns. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there's options. Like it's not just the traditional thrift store. 
Um, and a lot of thrift stores are starting to have like styling, um, you know, things like I do too, where someone will go through with you and like pick things or pick things ahead of time. So you just come like Arc Value Village here um, in Minnesota has a styling program where you give them a profile and when you show up, there's a full dressing room full of clothes and outfits for you already set to go. That's, That's so amazing. Cool. Yeah. So aside from um, the things that you just mentioned, what are some other really cool things that are happening in fashion these days? Well, I would say, I think one of the coolest things is like, like back in the day when people talked about sustainable fashion, it was like, they would pick one thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to use recycled polyester or whatever it is. But I think like now companies are looking to um, not just produce clothing that's sustainable, but also that like tells a really inclusive story, which I love. So there's a friend of mine here. She she just launched a company called Wild Owl Swim, Wild Isles, spelled I-S-L-E-S for anyone who's looking it up. Um, And it's manufactured in Minnesota. So you know that like there's worker well-being there. And it's made from recycled fishing nets that have been recovered from the ocean. And the fabric feels amazing. And most of all, it's for ladies with big boobs. <laughs> and it's made Okay, you just by, got my attention. Right? It's made by ladies with big boobs. And they have like a whole video on how it works. And like, I've seen so many rave reviews. And I love following their Instagram because you see all these like diversity of like beautiful, like real women wearing their swimsuits. And it's awesome. Fishing nuts are not something that I would ever have thought could be reused into clothing. Same. Yeah, I think it's made in like Italy. It's like made somewhere fancy, um, this fabric, and it's it's on point. So that has been one of the things that I've just been like nerding out about because, it, well, and now, now I don't have big boobs anymore. <laughs> so I wish, I wish I could wear it, but you know what? It's not made for me and that's okay. That's but okay. it sounds That's okay. like Steffi might be getting a new Ste- swimsuit. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I have spent my whole life frustrated by swimsuit designers that make their tops for women with little tiny boobs. So this is amazing. And I'm 100% going to check this out. Yeah, I think it's just like people are starting to cater to different um, groups that haven't been catered to. Like we were just talking about like, People like certain body types aren't catered to um, like big boobs. And so the fact that people are like, I want to make a sustainable fashion company and I'm going to solve this unique problem or not unique. There are plenty of women with big boobs, but like I'm going to solve this problem that just hasn't been solved. Right. That's so cool. And it's so cool. Right. I also am really excited about like the growth of the style rental market especially when we talk about like going to special events and things like Mm -hmm. you never wear that dress more than once. No, Mm -hmm. Like, why do you need to buy it? And I love that it's like constantly evolving. Um, So, you know, you can rent like everyday clothes, you can rent fancy designer clothes. And I was just following. So um, I follow when thrifters thrift, which is this really happy, diverse, um, kind of like curated look at people across the country who thrift all the time and do amazing stuff. And she's really inspiring to follow. And I was just watching, she had somebody take over for her called um, Lou in Luland. And she literally rents her vintage, like her own vintage closet, which I thought was like super fascinating. Wow. That's really cool. I, uh, I actually rented my bridesmaid's dress for my best friend's wedding a couple of years ago um, because she wanted us in like 
gold sparkly dresses and I am very pale and gold sparkly things don't typically look great on me and I was like I'm not gonna wear that again so I rented it for like 40 bucks and it was phenomenal that's awesome 10 out of 10 would do again <laughs> yeah and you didn't have to clean it right they just you no, it back I just and they literally stuck it back in the bag and like tossed it in the UPS thing on our way out of town the next morning like that was it and they send you two sizes automatically so I was able to get the two sizes I thought were most likely to work for me and it was so cool that's brilliant it I, makes me wish I had an event that I could rent a dress for well we got to find something fancy to go to then that's right <laughs> suddenly our closing party for our conference is black tie <laughs> we didn't tell anyone else but megan will now make all of her events very fancy <laughs> so she has an excuse to rent something pretty <laughs> there's one thing i know bloggers love it's getting very dressed up <laughs> that's awesome well we are going to make sure that we put the links to all the um, shops and the accounts that you just mentioned in our show notes so everyone can go through and they can find those people and give them a follow um, because those all sound super awesome yeah i think people are just like having a lot of fun with fashion right now so um and I would say too, um, like we were talking a little bit about sustainability and, you know, people like uh, Fashion Revolution, um, which is an organization that was um, basically created to have a conversation about this fast fashion thing that is happening and how we can start to think differently. So like following people like that too can help make a difference in how you think about like how you're shopping for your clothes and like what are the resources out there um, to do it differently. That's awesome. Can I ask if you, so I'm sure that you still like buy some clothes traditionally, um, but do you feel guilty about it when you do? Ooh, that's a great question. I kind of have like, I'm a list person. I have like a list of (laughs) things that I'm okay with buying traditionally. Um, One of those things is underwear. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners out there, please do not buy thrifted underpants. Oh my God, (laughs) Um, so I don't feel bad about that because I'm like, I need clean underwear. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is that, that is on my list is kid emergencies. So I don't know if you ever had it where like your kids, like the next day, all of a sudden don't fit in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You can't thrift store that. Like you just have to go <laughs> to the store and buy the size that fits. And I, I just don't feel bad about that because I'm solving a problem, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I feel like that's what those stores are there for. But I think that when you think about like your decision tree of like what you're going to buy, like, like first think like, can I use what I already have? Then if not, can I get it used? And if not, then can I get it sustainable? And if not, then, then go to a traditional store and like those kid emergencies go straight up to the top. Like I can't do those things. So I'm going to go, straight to the store you know mm-hmm. um but I kind of use that as my like decision making like okay if I can't if I can't use what I have and I can't thrift it and I can't buy it sustainably then then that's where I'm at and that's okay 
And I would think too, I would, I mean, personally, I would add on that, like things that I know that I'm going to use for a very long time, like mm. a, a pea coat or, you know, something very classic and a, an item that just in general lasts a long time. Like that would make me feel a little bit better. Absolutely. Like investment pieces, things mm. that have meaning to you. Um, mm. You know, like I, who was I? There's somebody I was listening to. Some it was another podcast. I think it was Oprah's podcast actually. And she was some whoever she was interviewing was talking about how like she had decided when she wrote a book and made money that the first thing she was going to do is buy a pair of like Louis Vuittons. Like that was her thing, mm-hmm. or yeah, or maybe some other shoe. I don't know. I don't remember the story very well. But <laughs> the point is like that was her thing, and it's like you know what you're going to cherish those forever because you yeah. you did the thing you set out to do, and you're buying the thing that fits you and you're going to wear them all the time because they make you feel good and they make you feel proud, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's an investment you're going to take care of and it's totally worth buying the new thing. But I would just say like when you do it, just be really, you know, I, I try to be really thoughtful about it um, and like realize I'm making a conscious choice as opposed to the like unconscious consumption that we've all been trained to do. It's like, right. yeah. stop, be like, do I really need this? Do I really love it? And if it doesn't answer those two things, I'm out. I think that's, I think that's smart. We could all benefit from thinking more like that about our closets. Cause I know that I don't do that nearly enough. Yeah. Same. And yes. I've even like Marie Kondo my homework. closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one thing like you do it and then like stuff creeps in when you have those occasions where you're, you know, like you're feeling sad and you're like, I'll just buy a new shirt. It'll make me feel better. And it makes you feel better for like five seconds. And there isn't like the long-term consequences that you think about, which we need to do in general with yeah. our lives. <laughs> for sure. For right. Sure. And maybe, you know, I actually really do love shopping as a way to relax, but I've kind of done it as a, a change my mindset to go shopping and not with the intention of buying something. Like it's not the buying something that makes me feel better. It's the like getting out, getting fresh air, looking at things that inspire me. So it's, I think yeah. of it almost like a museum where every once in a while I find something I want to buy in the museum shop, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I think it probably, if I, if I tried to approach it that way, that would probably make me um, appreciate it more. Like I like shopping, but I like the act of buying it. And but when I don't find something I like, it makes me very, very depressed. And so it has the complete opposite effect. Yes. Um, so if I look at it more as like an experience being in the store, that would be better for me overall and my pocketbook. And I, I was gonna say, and I would spend a lot less. I should just treat Target that way. <laughs> 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 really, really need to be better about that one, just in general. but I I mean I've been thinking a lot about this just like with a lot of other things I haven't approached it from with my closet as much yet but I've been thinking about it a lot with other things in my home like Megan knows um I'm really um conscious about like the art that I buy to put up in my home and I try to buy from um, artists that are doing really cool work and you know sometimes they're local sometimes they're not but I you know try not to just buy like generic art at 
Target or um, Home Goods or something like that. Um, I try to be conscious with where my money goes there and like when I'm buying gifts for people. But I, I don't know why that hasn't translated to my closet yet. I guess, I guess I'll be doing a better job of that now. <laughs> I love that too, because then you're supporting like people that you know. And I think mm-hmm. I read somewhere and I was like, yes, that, you know, every time you support like a small business or a local artist, it literally puts a smile on someone's face. Like, yeah, like an actual person, it pays for somebody to be able to put their kid in ballet lessons or to get their kid a, a clarinet or, you know, whatever yeah. it is and and that spreads joy. Love it. What a perfect segue. That is a great segue. Let's talk about joy, Stuffy. What's bringing you joy? Uh, fresh manicures. Fresh manicures are bringing me joy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we're talking about like being really conscious with our money and uh, things like that. But I'm not going to lie to you. A fresh manicure puts a smile on my face. <laughs> um. I guess I'm just a little vain still. It's fine. I have um, to say, you do get pretty fly manicures. So. I, you know what? Well, I, I think I've told you this before, Megan, but my mom always had perfectly filed nails. She, um, she almost never had them painted and she almost never went and got them done professionally. That was pretty rare. But she was very, very particular about keeping her nails perfectly filed and they were always long and beautiful. And so there's something about that that has rubbed off on me and I take it a step further. I actually go get mine done. But I just I was raised that you just take care of your hands and you take care of your nails. So Megan, how about you? Um, I would like to say what's bringing me joy is teachers. Um, specifically the teachers at my kids' schools because uh, we've been having some trying times over here with the older one and his homework. (laughs) And um, the fact that they had to deal with these issues and actually teach them, but they're also teaching like, you know, 150 children a day, at least in the middle school, you know. Um, I don't know how they have the patience to do it. I don't know how they have, it's, I mean, it's mostly the patience, but the patience and the energy and the just absolute kindness that they have to set each day with to be able to get through to these preteens. It's Bless pretty them. amazing. And I am so grateful that we have teachers in our lives to be able to do that for us and that they're able to give my kids the lessons that they need to be productive humans love a good teacher oh that's so sweet what about you kim well we just got a new kitten (gasps) i know joy too (laughs) i know and we let um my son name her and her name is squeaks which is like (gasps) the cutest name of all time And she talks all the time, so it's aptly appropriate. (laughs) But what I'm extra loving is that she only sings the song of her people with her people. Like, she doesn't do it at night. Like, as long as there's a person with her, she does not sing the song of her people. So, whew. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Yes. And she is, like, the snuggliest kitten. So, it's it's pretty great. Are she and Clara getting along? I think they just started. So up till this morning, it was all hisses. And then um, then they, they 
like Clara sort of chase squeaks around a little bit. And then she realized, oh, I could not be doing this to be mean. I could just be having fun. And then they stopped hissing and started chasing each other around. So I think we're in the friend zone now. Excellent. Oh yes. I love it Sweet. so much. <laughs> I know. I can't wait because they're like kind of the same color. So I can't wait to see them in like a little ball. Like Aww. all curled up together where yes. you can't tell where one ends and the other one begins. Oh, yes. oh, my heart just exploded. Oh, I can't goodness. I can't tell my children because they are already jealous when you guys got Clara because my cats are old and boring. And so <laughs> they're so sad that they don't get to have kittens. So I'm going to have to wait to tell them you have another kitten now. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Well, next week, we are going to be talking about musicals. That's right. Meet us back here in the room where it happens next week as we try not to burst into expository song. Until then, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay In Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. Bye. Thank you.